Hello and welcome to another episode of Fuck the Hibs View podcast. I am your co-host Jake Pointer and alongside me is the big, beautiful Liam Innes. Hello. Also joining us is our three handsome panellists, Owen Innes, Thomas Fro, and Stephen Bloody Povey. Fuck the Hibs. On this week's show, we are going to talk about just your typical day at the office, really. No surprise at all that Livingston gave those stinking cabbage men another doing. I didn't know that Lions ate cabbages, but fuck me, they love munching them this season, baby. And also this week, we are going to do a new feature of Two Truths and a Lie about former or present Livingston stars. Ooh. The season may be coming to a close. We might be more safe than a baby chimp wrapped in his mother's arms. But no way, Jose, is there going to be a dip in content as we cover our group of heroes until the finish. So sit back, relax and listen to however many minutes with us here at the Almond V Podcast. Saturday the 30th of April 2022, St. Livingston beat Hibs once again this season. 1-0 thanks to a thunderous Scott Pittman strike. The man of the hour breaking a record held by Oscar Rubio as Pitts overtook him, becoming the player to make the most premiership appearances for the Lions. You won't listen, but congratulations Pitts, you unbelievably sexy man. On to the action. Owen, let's start with you because you were sat beside me at the game. It was a first start for two Livingston stars and one making a full debut, Ivan Konolov in goals and Morgan Boys in at left back. What did you make of their performances? Uh, I thought Ivan or Ivan, um, whatever you want to call him, I thought he was solid enough. Um, didn't he wasn't tested at any point, so you don't know what he's really like as a shot stopper. Um, his distribution was okay, and and I was quite surprised to hear Martin Dale singling singling him out at the end of the game for like his poor distribution. Um, the only the only bit I can remember is right at the beginning of the match. When he got the ball into feet and Martin Dale shouted at him, no, you need to take two touches rather than just like blew it in that way. And he and he took that on board and he did exactly as he was supposed to do. Um so yeah, I thought his distribution was okay. Um again, absolutely no saves to make. Commanded his box reasonably well. Um never even really needed to come out for a catch, came out at uh, to feet a couple of times and yeah, it was kind of it was a solid enough debut, you know, for a goalkeeper who had literally nothing to do. Um, in terms of Morgan Boys, uh, within the first three minutes of the game, <laughs> I was pretty much thinking, get that boy off, get along with it, John, um, because the ball came to him and he just scooped a ball and it just it was it was horrific. I wasn't actually thinking that after three. Um, I thought he was genuinely really really good. I'm looking forward to seeing more of him. Um, considering the fact that he mostly plays left centre back, um, I think especially for uh, the Wales under twenty ones, um, for the fact that that's his sort of natural position and he played left back, to me you couldn't tell. Um, and for me, every every good thing that seemed to happen in the first well in, over the course of the entire game seemed to be happening down that left hand side. Um, with him and uh, Bailey linking up quite well. Um, and then for spells, Nubly as well. Um, but in terms of the debuts, yep, I'm I'm quite happy. I, I, I kind of don't want to see more of Konovalov in a way. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want him to be tested on Saturday. <laughs> because, you know, any time that St. Johnson get anywhere near our goal, they fucking score. Um, but... You know, would like to see. Obviously, I think he'll play the rest of the season. I don't think Max will um, play any more games for the rest of the season. Um, but I'm very, very excited for the future for uh, Wee Morgan Boys. Um, talking about contract extensions, 
get that boy signed up because I think his deal's up at the end of next season. So get an extension in for him. Pretty spot on with everything there. Um, yeah, Ivan didn't really have much to do. Morgan Boys, though, aye, he's he's going to be a bit of a player, I reckon. He'll be he'll be the next one. So let's make sure that we don't sponsor him next season, or else he will be cursed forever. Thomas Fro, you had a pretty exciting weekend. You weren't at the game, first of all. Actually, first of all. Just in general, congratulations to Mr. and Mrs. Davison. Even though Scott Davison is a Hearts fan, get it up him. Uh, was it a wonderful day? Did you have a wonderful time? How was your best man's speech, Thomas? It, it was a wonderful day. It was a really, really nice day. Made even better by the result and the fact that the man sitting beside me was a Hibs fan. Um, my co-best man, which we just happened to, to slip that into the speech a little bit. I think... Um, Friend of the show, Connor Stables, was actually made aware that we were 1-0 up by a line in my speech, which was quite nice. Um, I checked the score just before and uh, was happy to announce that to the crowd, who most people there did not give a fuck. Uh, but a few people did, and that was great. Um, but no, it was good. It was a cracking day, and yeah, um, congrats to, to, to occasional listener, Scott Davison, who, who may be a jambo, but He's at more Livingston games than he is at Hearts, so fair play him. We'll suck him in eventually. We'll suck him in full time. Um, Jack, yeah. Abby listens. Congratulations, Abby, if you do. Uh, Thomas, onto the football, though. Onto the football. I'm sure that you've seen the highlights yes. and heard stuff about the game. Uh, Joel Nibley, man. So he was bullying defenders once again. He was presented, however, with a couple of good opportunities. One in the first half that he maybe just lost his foot in, where he could have just headed it over the keeper. Um, and one in the second half, again, that he was just bullying defenders. Still no goal for Mr. Nibley since he's come back. Is it going to take just one? Do you reckon he's one of those players that if he gets one, the floodgates will open? Or will we wait a while, but when he does get a goal, it's going to be worth the wait? I think it will take just one. I think it's a confidence thing because he is getting into good positions and it seems like he kind of scuffs his shot or just doesn't connect right. Um, but that being said, the rest of his game is so good. His link-up, his strength on the ball, the way that he kind of he gets us almost 15 yards up the pitch every time just by holding on to the ball and bringing other players into play. I think it's worth kind of persevering even if he was to have a howler in front of goal um, he, he's going to create opportunities for us um, so yeah I'm hoping that he'll get one before the end of the season I think he deserves one because uh, you're right I saw the highlights and, and he did look like he absolutely bossed it he's an absolute Rolls Royce player just picks up the ball holds people off like they're nothing and it's it's unbelievable to see really it's just really really exciting to watch the way he moves his feet for a for a tall man I, I drove past him the other day and he was walking through the Asda car park for some reason and I was like driving past I was like holy shit is that Nubly? Um I think it was I'm like 95% sure it was and he is a tall tall man a very tall man um, uh, so yeah like the way he moves his feet for a big lad oh my god what a player very very useful I think moving forward and yeah I, I, I don't even think we've seen the best of him yet to be honest with half a season under his belt he's been he's been very very good hopefully he just continues to get better just the way that you said he's a total Rolls Royce like, I think there was about seven times through the game that he made me just go oh John Lubley oh just can't help but say his name man like just everything about him um, <laughs> and he's just as you said for being so big he is just so natural with the ball at his feet like just oh my god Joel Nibley I fucking love you um, Stephen Povey the first half was controlled by Hibs with nothing really to show for it for them however again um, me and Owen were at the game and we were sort of trialling a new system for the first sort of 10 minutes and, you know, Livy did look a wee bit uncomfortable before we sort of shifted back to what we're used to. But 
safety's in the bag now. What's your thoughts on maybe persisting with a different system for a full game or a wee bit longer than what we did on Saturday? Um, and do you think that maybe luck was a wee bit on our side in the first half, considering that Hibs did have a wee bit? Well, they had a lot more of the ball and they were in our sort of uh, 18 yard box quite a few times. Well, I would say well, take each game as it comes, start with a new system, yeah, go for it. That's it's good to experiment, but I, I have to you have to give credit to Martindale for the way he changed things and it worked at the end of the day, yeah, like safety is in the bag, but. It was only in the bag after we won that game. You know, that was like, technically if if, if we chucked that game, we would have still been in that in the mixer for 11th spot. So, it was a huge win. Um, I I think I think, obviously, the second half, the way it, it panned out, as we know, it was so much better. It was so much more what we've seen this season. So, nah, honestly, I, like, I think stick with a system that take each game as it comes and stick with a system that we know and we've been successful at this season we're a top six club here playing in the bottom six and we might as well go and smash all these games and play the way we know we can play I understand yeah we're safe now so it might be a good opportunity to try out new things but why yeah if a system's not working within 10 minutes, definitely change it. And Martindale, as I say, you got to give credit to him because he did change things and it worked. Jake? Sorry if this links into <clears throat> any other questions, but see, just thinking about like trying a new system on Saturday for, the, for each game kind of thing or trying things out, I think we need to, for us to really take the next step to become a top six club, we've got to learn how to dominate teams, teams that are going to sit in against us like St Johnson and McDermott Park that had 11 men behind the ball and we really struggle with that I think in general dominating teams we're always that's not really our game is it it's always like counter-punching playing people like Dundee United counter-punch them and doing that I'd quite like to see us set up you know in training excuse me set up in training to go stick 11 reserves behind the ball and try and break them down and that should be the thing the full week trying to learn about right let's try this okay that's not worked it's like basketball like they run plays like I want to see more of that like trying new plays out yeah they might not work instead of just going okay here's our three switch it from side to side give it to Joel Nubley and then just fuck it up the park because <laughs> this season I've not really seen anything exactly too different so I think I'd like to see maybe not the system being different but the style of play, something a little bit different against St. Johnson. Obviously, it's going to be different this time. I don't know if St. Johnson are going to be a bit more gung-ho because they need to win. You know what I mean? i just like to see something a little bit different. Probably uh, well, I would, uh, I would say you're talking about like a particular St. Johnson game, the last one. See, when we played them away, like we dominated that game. Was well, probably I, the best I've seen us. So did, and, we didn't beat them though because they, that was the thing we dominated them because they sat in. So they'd be like, there was no point. Of course we would have. I, I'm saying. No, but we no. When we were away, we dominated and we beat them three 0 Oh, so, yeah, okay. Like, first time. I was just so talking about like, the last game. No, I know what you mean, but like sometimes the system works, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, it's adapting during the game, which I don't think we've done enough this season. See, that for me would be the difference between being a top six club comfortably, which we, you know, we were so close to it, but there, I'm looking back at earlier in the season, there are some games where we didn't change it, change things up and we didn't change the system. And I, I, I think it is to do, that's why I'm giving credit to Martindale because he did change it on Saturday and we won. So I would say, I would argue that, what we have done has worked. It will be interesting on Saturday, though. You're right. At like, how do we set up? Depends how they show up. I'm not sure how they're gonna if they're gonna do the same. Just get an early goal and sit in because that's how it works. Mm. Or they're gonna go fuck it. We need to. We need to win, and then we counter punch them, like we normally well, do. We, yeah, no. we've got to take our chances for sure because we we always create enough chances, and 
and that's what I think we need to take our chances. Thomas? I think, I think it's a good point that you make, Jacob, but I think it's it's something that's really, really difficult to do across football. You see teams struggling with that in every league. And when you come up against a well-drilled defence that have 11 men behind the ball, if they're positionally half-decent, then it's really, really hard to break that down. And I think what it comes down to, if we're going to be stuck in a game like that, I don't, on the St. John's game this weekend, I don't think it'll be like that because I think they need they need something from it. So I don't think they will sit in. Um, but I think what, what's been... I don't know if the stats back this up, but just from kind of my observation is we've been a little bit slow to get into games. Um, and whether that's kind of the system not quite working and it being tweaked or whatever, but we've been a wee bit slow to get into games. And if you are playing against a team that has 11 men behind the ball, you need to get that early goal to open the game up a bit more. Teams that we could probably easily beat man for man, um, we struggle sometimes because we don't get into the game till a bit later we don't get that early goal and that lets them just sit in and then counter us later on. Playing against better teams, I think, you know, fine, we kind of try to go toe-to-toe for them for a while and then, you know, sometimes we, we get a goal, sometimes our team do, but what we need to be able to take our chances early on in games because there's definitely been times when we've been going, when's this goal going to come? We've got in good positions and it's not happened. We take those chances in those games and then the game opens up massively. Because the other team can't afford to to set eleven man eleven man behind the ball, so yeah, I think it's I think it's a really good point, but it is it's notoriously difficult, and it's all about just taking your chances. And hopefully, you know, don't know who we'll have up front next season, but we need someone to take those chances and a natural goal scorer. I think, you know, with Brucey's maybe slow start, I think is that easy to say of the season. Is that fair to say? I would, um, you know, sorry, it took him a- just to just to sort of come in with it, Bruce. I don't know if it was a, a slow start from Bruce. I think it was more just like he was so in and out, like it wasn't to do with him. Yeah, it was yeah, more yeah. like yeah. like why why are we not playing him when he's clearly the only yeah, yeah. striker we've got? Mm. But aye, sorry, on you. Aye, I I think maybe like earlier in the season when before. Brucey was firing on all cylinders like he was in like the, the second third of the season. I think, you know, that's when we really came to life. Um because we were we were taking our chances. Because Brucey was on form and the players around him were, were getting the balls at him and we're scoring our chances. And that's it's so key in this league when teams can switch to being so fucking defensive so quickly. Um so yeah, I think good point. I wonder if that ties in with Liam's initial question to me there, which is if Hibbs had scored, would the game have been totally different? Like in that first half, would we actually managed after that? So in a way, an answer to your question, Liam, I maybe we were lucky they never scored, but fuck them, cabbage munchers. And that's a full circle, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Get them to fuck. Right. Okay. So. There was Scott Pittman, obviously, record breaker, the main man. Uh, however, there was another landmark appearance, which was Nicky Devlin playing his 100th game for the club. We always kiss his arse. So let's not talk about him specifically, but Jake, I want to come to you on this. How mental is it that we have got so many players now that are over 80 appearances, over 100 appearances, over. 200 appearances now, where for so long, like, we struggled to keep a hold of players for more than, like, one season. And we've still got another two years of Nicky Devlin to look forward to, barring whether or not he, sort of, someone comes in for him for a lot of money. But um, how class is it, knowing oh. that, especially Martindale coming out this week and saying 90% of the squad is going to be here next season. So just how much do you buzz off that? Yeah, no, definitely. I definitely I masturbate over that regularly. Um <laughs> it's a big it's a big thing for me. Nah, it's pretty disgusting, sorry. Uh yeah, amazing. We've just shows how far and we all know it's such a Livingston cliche, just shows shows how far we've come. You know, it's it's fucking it's amazing. It's it's so class and you know, we couldn't couldn't be a better guy that's leading our team, you know. And he did make a joke, I'm not sure if it was to us, it was like I 
something about when he when he retires. He made a joke about retiring at you know being here long enough to retire at Levy, and you know even I don't know if you would joke about that unless you kind of thought that would be a possibility. Like I don't know. It's just it's just great, and it's it makes you. I mean, I know it's not it's not you know hard for us to like Levy anymore. You know, because we're such fucking, we just we fucking talk about it and live for it all the time. But it makes you like living more. You know, we've tur- what a turnaround, and you know, fucking Scott Pittman being there for that long. You know, Nicky Devlin feels like he's been with us forever, but he's not really. Um, so amazing. Yeah, I don't really know much more to say about it without kind of tongue in his arse anymore. But yeah, amazing player, amazing team, absolutely loving it. Cannot. I'm already can't wait for next season. I know this one's not finished yet, but. I'm so excited for it. I love the pre-season. Pre-season actually is my favourite time of the year. It's like I become 14 again and you're like, Owen's great because Owen gets all the wee insights and then there's all these wee things come in. You're like, oh my God. You buzz off some random person that ends up being absolutely shite. But I love that. That's the best part. And you go and watch Livy against Brechin and we're absolutely hopeless and we're like, fuck, we're going to get relegated. I hate Livingston. Oh my God. And then we have an amazing season again. I live for it. That it roller coaster is. is the best. I'll give you that. That is that's where the thrill comes from. It is. Um yeah, I mean I just to sort of th- thank you for staying so long, Nicky. Um but I mean like considering that I think he's been here for I think this is his third season. And the first season was like I think he only played about six or seven games before he got injured. Then it was curtailed with COVID and stuff, so to play 100 games is just amazing. Uh, and I mean, there's times, that, and I'm one of the biggest Levy virgins ever, and there's times throughout a season, back in the championship days under McGlynn, John Hughes, you'd be looking at the team on the park just going, who the fuck is that? Who is that? Never heard of that guy. No idea who that guy is. I haven't seen him play for us before. Um <laughs> So yeah, no, thank you. Thank you all for staying so long. Um, The goal, we Scotty Pittman's goal came from good play on the left-hand side in the second half, particularly from Morgan Boys, as he does great. Nice wee nutmeg, I'm sure. Uh, Plays the ball through to Andrew Shinney, who was not playing up top. Uh, He cuts it back, finds Scott Pittman, edge of the area. What a finish. Owen, what did you make of the goal? And also, what did you make of the uh, hilarious attempt from the Hibs goalie? It looked like Scott Pittman had put FIFA on easy mode. And the keeper dived one way, the ball went the other. And the only other scenario you really see that is in a penalty. So what did you make of the goal? But also, what did you make of the Hibs keeper? Um, I'll start with the goal. Uh, brilliant build-up play. I mean, it was it was football. We were playing football. We weren't just lumping it to the first player in a black shirt that we could find. Um, I just want to add a wee side thing. Does anyone think that Hibs were trying to confuse us by playing in yellow shirts? Considering the fact they haven't played it against us wearing yellow shirts the whole no. season. No, 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 no. <laughs> right. I'm fucking... Sick. This isn't directed at you. I am fucking sick of this from sports scene. Right? Was that was that a thing that they mentioned? No. Every fucking time, a a team, despite us playing in black at home all season, whenever a team has come and played in yellow, Ross County were one, Hibs were one. Uh, I think there might be one other team that's got like a tinge of yellow in their away shirt. And sports scene every time. Oh, Livingston in, in the black and the away team in the yellow just to confuse things. And you're like, mate, we've played in black all season. <laughs> what part of this do you not understand? It's our fucking home kit. The game against Ross County was the worst because they were... I was listening... I'm sure I was listening to it on the radio. Was I? I was because I wasn't there because it was a couple of weeks before my wedding and I was isolating. So I was listening to it on the radio and every two, like every time there was a chance, like on open on bikes, it was like, oh, there was a chance for Ross County, but I thought it was Livy because they're in yellow. <laughs> and I'm like, what? We're halfway through the season, man. Like, how do you not know that we play in black? Oh, anyway, sorry. To be <laughs> fair, 
I was no, that stayed in, man. To be fair, a very hungover Povey on his way back on a train from Aberdeen had my wee phone set up. I was like, ah, "Livy are doing all right in the first half." Like, ah, man, took me about four minutes to realise it was Hibs. So, yes, an answer to your question, one, it very much confused me for <laughs> four minutes. Not having it, not having it. I love that could start a wee debate. Um, anyway, back to the goal. Um, Mark, I, uh, Pittman really kind of stuck. Well, I think it's, it comes from a throw in, doesn't it? I think Boys throws it in and then Pittman kind of passes it back to Boys. Um, and I think Liam, I think he said there was a nutmeg, but Boys was doing this thing. He did it like three or four times, and every single time it was pulled off, either him or Sean Kelly. Um, they, they did it quite a few times, and it was like they just like lifted the ball, like with absolute precision every single time like it went right to the feet of who they were trying to get it to like rather than trying to play the pass because the defenders anticipating the pass so they've, they've like put their leg out for it but then boys have just lifted it over fucking brilliant and then um shinny and then see what see when you look back at the like the slow motion highlights of shinny he's running in towards goal he's not even looking and he knows where Pittman is and he picks out that pass. And I've been incredibly critical of Andrew Shinney. Um, and um, some stuff got cut out of, uh, what was it, three episodes ago that I said about Andrew Shinney. And since then, he's popped up with three fucking assists <laughs> in two games. So clearly, I know fuck all about football. Um, and then, uh, then Pittman does what Pittman does. He just pulls this, like amazing strike out of absolutely nowhere um then to go on to mr matt macy quite possibly the worst goalkeeper he must be the worst goalkeeper in our league um i've seen some pretty poor goalkeeping but matt macy is by far like the shakiest goalkeeper for being like six foot fucking ten or whatever he is if that boy can't save a fucking ball man um but what i will say about it is with Pittman's positioning, the way in which he's positioned, it genuinely looks, and even at the time when uh, when we were at the game, it looked as though he was going to laces through it to that side that the, that that Macy dives to, and he just and Pittman just kind of because I genuinely thought that it took a deflection and went the wrong way, like at first, and then obviously watching back the highlights, um, realised I'm very wrong on that. Um, and it is actually just a fantastic finish. But it, it, again, it's just because of the way that Pittman's running. Pittman's running in that direction that you would think he would just try and like lace through it and try and pop in on that opposite side. But then he, he puts it completely on the opposite side. So it's a fucking brilliant strike. Um, yeah, poor goalkeeping, poor defending. I mean, the fact that Andrew Shinney was given like three or four yards to run into the box unchallenged with no one around him, and the fact that Pittman was able to run into the box completely unchallenged um, is uh, was was spectacular. Like Hibs, I was I was saying this to somebody earlier on. Hibs didn't look like Hibs. Like um, who is it? Was it was it? I know it was it was Julian that we were talking about it. Like I was driving to the game, driving to the A seventy one. I'm like, who are we playing today? Hibs. Ah, uh, you know, like I wasn't really the like I wasn't nervous hmm. like you know I didn't get that sort of feeling of we're going to get pumped today like I did against Aberdeen I was like yeah no, Aberdeen we're, we're, we're going to get pumped you know it was it was kind of like that it's a big game da, da, da. but coming up against Hibs I was like are, are, are we sure we're actually playing Hibs today like it, it didn't seem like it you know because Hibs is normally or Hibs are normally a team that sh- on paper should be beating us every week and uh, we've had their number three times out of four this season so uh, but yeah brilliant goal terrible goalkeeping terrible defending um, Hibs for relegation next season I'll love every fucking second of it yeah well that's us getting relegated next year <laughs> uh, um, so yeah Alan Forrest 
comes on in the second half quite late on and almost scores two goals, two spectacular goals actually, almost goals though, so it doesn't really count. Um, Thomas, what are we thinking about Alan Forrest, right? Because obviously, we keep hearing, oh, he's away, he's away, and then Martin Newell goes, nah, I'm only joking, he's staying. Nah, nah, he's away. Nah, he is, he is, he is, nah. Nah, but he might stay. Nah, but he's away. Nah, he's definitely away. So, what are we thinking? Are we thinking, fuck him? Or, do you want to see him back in at the side? Especially, you know, maybe the this week and the week after, last two home games, for a last hurrah. What's your opinions on having Alan Forrest in the team? I'd, I'd have him on the bench, to be honest. I think, if we know he's leaving... We need to like we're safe now. We we need to kind of be prepping. We need other boys to get minutes. Um, he's he's a cracking player, but if he is going, then we need to move on. Um, there's no like ill feeling. I don't have any ill feeling towards him. Um, and I want to see him do well. I'm not saying don't give him any minutes or anything, but I've kind of been getting the vibe that he has been playing for a move a wee bit like you see I think he is a little bit of a selfish player and I think he's brilliant I don't want to slag him off but he does some stuff that just kind of frustrates me like doesn't lay someone in when there's an easy chance I think there was a couple from Nublai a few weeks ago that he could have just played the square ball quite easily and he seems to hold on to it for quite a good time now sometimes that pays off but it often doesn't, and I think someone else made this point like, a while back, but I I think, look, it's it's a shit situation, especially losing a play for free. Mm. See if we knew he was gone for a chunk of money, I'd be delighted. But it's just a bit gotten losing players on a free, especially if he's going to go, if he goes to Dundee United, I know we'll be on like a chunk of money there, yeah. but it's not that much of a step up football-wise, which is kind of if he went to Hearts, fine. Like Hearts are a good side. Maybe he's not good enough to play for Hearts with some of the players that they've got. But you know, like if he goes to Dundee United, I will be, I will be upset at him. I will yeah. be upset. Aye. So it, it's a tough one. It's a tough. It's hard to say either way. There's there's nothing that he could achieve at Dundee United that he couldn't achieve at Livy. Like, I agree. You know, as Povey said earlier, we were, you know, a ball here away from top six. Dundee United are going to get into Europe, either finishing fifth or fourth. Like, you know, that. Yeah. So, could have, would have, should have. It could have been Livingston. There's nothing to say that it couldn't be us next season. The only difference with Dundee United is that they will give him, you know, three times his wage, which you can't really argue with. Like, knowing that yeah. if you're going to go a job that you know is fairly easy and you can do with the sort of same level I mean again Dundee United have got good players and there's probably a couple of players I would take from their squad into ours but not to start over everyone but um, yeah I get what you mean like it's it would be frustrating Hearts is a sort of different level because you're not only trebling your money but you're also pretty much guaranteed either a League Cup or Scottish Cup semi-final usually or you know, challenging for third in the league yeah. and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's it's a weird one. I will give you that. I think giving him minutes and I think maybe maybe a start on the last day of the season for me, and then bring him off sixty minutes. Let him get his round of applause. Then he can fuck off. Uh, then he can sign a contract, and we can all forget about this conversation. <laughs> it's so awkward if he does stay, <laughs> and we're just saying, "Ah, oh, fuck off, Alan Forrest." Um, on that topic, Jake, we're starting the rumour mill again. We heard one this week, we won't name our source. Uh, he's usually very reliable, but rumours that we might not be seeing Stefan Omionga again this season and possibly next season. What are your thoughts on the Omionga situation? Yeah, that's not good, is it? Um it's a, it's a funny one because you know we've I think we've come on a lot since obviously with I don't know the fans relationship with Davy I think this year I think even with us 
you know, before, yeah, we've had a good season, but even last season, we're, but you know, sometimes questioning some of the things that he does. But this season, we've been pretty, apart from the start. <laughs> yeah, apart apart from, from the, the start, forty minute debate of whether or not we should tackle. Debate, which, Davey, I know you listen every single week to every single minute. We still love you, mate. Don't worry. I've just missed out maybe the first few episodes, right, when you're listening in summer. Um, yeah, so then we're hearing about another kind of dispute between, you know, Davey and, and, and an agent. And we've spoken about that before. And I think Sean Burns' agent was kind of fell out with Davey as well. And even though Sean admitted that his agent was being a fanny, you know, it's another kind of thing. So we just we just don't know. It's so hard to make a, an opinion. It's like fucking us watching reality TV and we're like, oh my God, that Shanice is such a bitch. Oh my God, I fucking hate her. And then like... Yeah, I like Shanice, by the way. She was all right. Oh my God, you like Shanice. And then you actually... Imagine if you met Shanice in the street, you'd be like, oh my God, she's so lovely. But on telly, I want to fucking... I hate her so much. So it's that kind of thing. We just don't know. <clears throat> but let's talk about it in a football sense. Yeah, we got gotten to lose him. He's such a talented player. Him and Holt were so so good. Yeah, he had a, a couple of slower games recently, but mm. I mean overall, he's been he's been class. And you know, maybe he's had slower games because there's been other things going on. Yeah, you know, and behind the scenes we just don't know because Davy's like been falling out. His, his agent's been kind of like it's maybe his heart's not been in it as much. I don't know. So hard to say. Uh, if we lost him, I'd be really gutted. I mean. Sean Kelly's been brilliant. Jack McMillan was everyone's great. Let's not take it away from Sean Kelly because he saved it. Oh, Thomas has got his dog. Bloody hell, of course he has. Oh, it's quite cute though. Yeah, it's quite cute. Anyway, it's cute, aye. Um, so, aye, yeah, gutted if we lose him. Really, really gutted. I really hope it gets resolved and it's not Scott <laughs> Robinson, two point bloody O, and he goes off to Kelly or something like that, and then we have to play against him every week. Actually, speaking of which, this is totally off topic. Sorry, we can go to something else. It's, are we going to be seeing Scott Robinson back at the Macarena next year? He's barely played for Mate, them. I have. I completely forgot that he even played for them. I Me did. too. And things what my, my my boss is like a mad Kelly fan, so he was like message, um basically sending things about like there's a post about like was it or is it you guys it was like the Kelly photo and it looks like Scott Robinson's been like photoshopped in it there's a there's a genuine post I'll send you it after and it's just like the Kelly team and Scott Robinson looks fake and he's in it it's like he's not even he, he didn't turn up for it and then the, the admin was taking photos of him going look he is real and it's like winky face kind of thing so fuck knows what he's been doing I don't know what's happened he's he was being tipped for going to Huge things last season. I know. And then he went to Kelly, and then he's been a flop. Shite. It's disappointing. Do you know what, though? It's also not disappointing at the same time, because if it wasn't for him leaving, we may not have had Bruce Anderson, or, you know, it's one of those, like, it's, get up for man. Like, especially if it was an attitude thing last year. Um, (laughs) But, you know. Can I just just say something about Omionga? Hmm. We've got Sean Kelly, we didn't fucking need him. Yeah, uh, well. Come on. Mm. And, Genuinely, and Sean Kelly. Kelly. I do love Sean Kelly, to be fair. <laughs> like, to, to, to be honest, after, after being at the game the other day and watching Sean Kelly, I, I, like, Omionga, yeah, I mean, he's, his work rate's great. He's, Sean but he's falling off. game better than Omionga's best game, though. That's the thing. Like, so Omionga, we've watched him and we'd be like, oh my God, Sean Kelly's had a good uh, run. So, so for... Sean Kelly has a stinky run again and we're like, oh, he's pish. Get him out. I know what we're, this podcast is like. Fucking a couple I, of bad I, games. I, and he's like, I, he's I, I, get, pish. I get what you're get saying, but I mean, like, Omionga's been off the boil for a while. And then Sean Kelly comes in. And then, weeks, and, and even weeks. and even when fucking, uh, like, earlier on in the season when Omionga was injured and fucking Jack McMillan was playing there. Like Jack McMillan was brilliant, you know what I mean? It's just like I think I think Sean Kelly has done better than Jack McMillan did in midfield. I think. I would say I would slightly argue that Jack McMillan was better because it has or was better because number one he's played less games at centre midfield than uh, Liam Kelly, uh, not Liam Kelly, Sean Kelly has, and he has a goal to his name which Sean Kelly does not have. Just looks more comfortable. I, I reckon. I reckon Jason Holt would make me look look a fucking amazing player if I played beside him. <laughs> to be fair. Mm. All right. Well, and, but you get what I mean. 
Well, yeah, that, Jason Holt didn't have a great good. game on Saturday. Jason uh, well, had, there was a hey, couple of moments hey. like no, he did. He would no, he was excellent again. There was well, there's one particular moment that sticks out in my head. He gets the ball off the off of uh, probably uh, Obi, and he starts running and running and running just just across the pitch, and basically waits for the Hibs player to come and tackle him. Like, it's in the it's in the highlights, like literally, yeah, like I he's know, not looking for a pat. It was just it was just weird. I'm not I'm not saying that Holt's passion in that Holt has I'll get been because because he's played every single minute of football for us this season. He has been utterly brilliant. But I think I think the Omionga thing is, I think Holt is commanding that midfield. Omionga just does a power of running. Whereas I think from what I've seen of Sean Kelly so far, I think Sean Kelly's more solid than Omionga because he's got that defensive brain, whereas Omionga's got, you know, he's just a central midfielder kind of brain. You know what I mean? Like, I, I... Some of your takes are... that That's not the wildest of your takes, to be fair. But, like, I'm not saying... Again, though, but, but the thing is, is automatically what you're thinking... Is that no, I'm saying Omionga's shite. I'm no, not saying Omionga's shite. Not that at all. I think the the energy of the team with both or with all three of them with Pittman, Omionga, and Holt. Omionga defensively is phenomenal, like beyond like phenomenal. Like the way that he wins the ball is so unorthodox, and he never gives away a foul, like. But then Sean Kelly on Saturday, there was like a, a time Hibs were breaking and he just went right through one of the Hibs players to give away like a really decent foul, which Omionga wouldn't do. So they just, it, it's not a case of, I, th- I think Omionga's just suited to certain teams. I think like playing against certain teams and I think... Sean Kelly's suited to playing against certain teams. I mean, against Celtic, Sean Kelly would be all over the joint. So was Omionga. But in terms of, like, football and brain, Omionga's just, like, about seven steps ahead of anything that we've got. Um, Whereas Sean Kelly is, in fair play to him, you know, he's always coming short for the ball. And it's his pass rate is 100%. It's very much me at seven aside, though. It's basically... I have the ball. I don't want the ball for very long. I'm gonna get rid of it right now. And he pat he does an easy pass, and that's it keeps the the game ticking over. But I think Omionga, in terms of defensively, I think he is just as good as Liam Kelly, but maybe just not as sort of bulkier as buff. Yes, here we go. There's one final take for you, right? The last three games Sean Kelly has started. Motherwell, Aberdeen, Hibs. Have we lost any of those three games? Now we're going to play a little bit of Two Truths and a Lie. Now, I have four Levy players, past and present, and I have three nuggets of information about those players. And the boys have to tell me which is the lie amongst the gold. <laughs> Coming up with segments for a podcast is fucking grim. So I have my wheel of names that is currently spinning. And up first to play Two Truths and a Lie is none other than Jakey Boy Pointer. Yes. Are you ready, Jake? Oh, so ready. So ready. Okay, so your player is Jason Holt. Oh, okay. Of my life. So, pretend I am Jason Holt. Pretend I am the sexiest <laughs> midfielder in Scotland. Which one is the lie? I have played at Scotland under 21 level. I am from Edinburgh and I have never played outside of Scotland in my professional career. Which one is the lie? The lie is playing for 21 Scotland. Jake Pointer, you are wrong. Fuck. 
He has seven caps at under-21 level. He is from Musselburgh in Edinburgh. And, and the lie, he has played outside of Scotland. He played for Fleetwood Town. Fleetwood Town. And some other team. I can't remember which one the other one. But he's played for another English team. So, Jacob Boy, you couldn't tell the lie. You, my friend, are in the dungeon. Up next, the wheel is spinning. The wheel is spinning. It's Thomas Froh who's down the well anyway. Thomas, are you ready to play Two Truths and a Lie? I am so ready. I'm looking forward to getting out of my well and going down the dungeon. (laughs) Okay, so you have ex-Livingston striker extraordinaire Eugene Daddy. Jesus Christ. Okay, so pretend I'm Eugene Daddy. Pretend I'm a (laughs) suave... Ivory Coast Frenchman. Quite easy. I played for an op- I played for an opponent of Livingston in their UEFA Cup run. So he obviously played for Livingston at the time. Maybe. I scored more goals in the A League than I did in the UK. And I have my own fashion label. Um I'm gonna go for uh the A League. Thomas Froh. You are still down the well. You are not in the dungeon. You are correct. So, Eugene Daddy ended up playing on loan for FC Vidouz, who were Livingston's first ever opponents in the UEFA Cup. He scored more goals in the UK because he got about 45 for Tranmere Rovers. And he does have his own fashion label. So, Thomas Froh, you were correct. Out of the dungeon you go, back down into the well. Okay, it is now down to the final two. The wheel is spinning. Who is going to be the penultimate player? The penultimate player is... Oh, it's Owen Innes. That was so close. I wish you could see that. That was actually really close. Uh, Owen, are you ready to play Two Truths and a Lie? Hell yes. Okay, so your player is... Current slash X... He's on loan at Hamilton, Mr. Joshua Mullen. So, I have won every division in Scotland apart from the top league. I have played in every professional cup final in Scotland. And I have also never played outside of Scotland in my professional career. Oh... Mm. God, this is tense. I love this. I'm so fucking good at doing this. Uh, such a good quiz master. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's um, rattle off the second one for me again. Uh, I have played in every professional cup final, so Challenge Cup, League Cup, Scottish Cup. Uh, that one, that one, because I'm sure he got promoted with Albion Rovers. So won the league with Albion Rovers, won the league with us. Oh, now. Who would he have won the championship with, though? Because he's only played for us in Albion Rovers. Well, well, well. I'm going to have to press you for an answer mm. when silence mm. doesn't work well on a podcast, unfortunately. Eh... Uh... I'm going to stick with the cup final one, but that is quite a tough... It's, it's between those two. It's between those two. He's only played in Scotland. Um, Again, from my absolute memory. Um, Oh, no, wait a minute. He was at Ross County, wasn't oh he? Oh, my God. Right, I'm, no, I'm, go, I'm going for the cup final. I'm, I'm going for the cup final. I'm going for the cup final. Fuck it. That's who he won the championship with. Right, you're right, but fuck me. You're going in the dungeon anyway. <laughs> Right, so he won every he's won every lower league title essentially. Obviously, not every division in Scotland because he never won the top one. With you were right, Albion Rovers League Two, us League One, and Ross County the Championship. Never played outside of Scotland in his professional career. Uh, however, he has not played in the Scottish Cup. However, he did play in the League Cup final for the Lions, baby. Okay, Mister Povey, are you ready? Yeah, sure. I'll try and be quick. (laughs) (laughs) This is either 
the hardest or the easiest you have ex Livingston superstar to be or wanna be Matthew Knox. Alright, huh? Okay, so I have never scored a professional goal. I am the youngest player to play for Livingston. And I have played in Northern Ireland. Uh, I'm going to go for the first one. And I don't know why, because all three are so plausible. Uh, Like, honestly, they could all be true. So I'm going to go for the first one. I don't have a reason for it. I'm going for it. Senor Jake Pointer, you are the only one stuck in the dungeon because Povey has smashed it. Uh, he did <laughs> score a professional goal for Brecon City in League Two. He is Livingston's youngest ever player. I think he played at 16 years old in four days or something. And he has played in Northern Ireland, played in the top league for about two weeks and then went back to Trinidad Juniors or something. His uh, current team, Tr- uh, Trinent Juniors, is currently managed by former Livingston striker Callum Elliott as well. I thank you. Thanks very much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please check out our previous episodes that include interviews with Livingston legends such as David Fernandez, Barry Wilson, John Guthrie, Sean Byrne and many more. Check out our social media. Twitter and Instagram is at Pod. Facebook and YouTube, just search for the Amund View podcast and make sure to subscribe to wherever you stream your podcast to get notified about new content. Forza Levy, hope to see you next week. Thank you.